Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm your host, Jaquetta Gilbert. This is a space for women who want help keeping God at the center of their marriage, their role as a mom, and while using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. This is for real women with real issues serving a real God who holds us in the palm of his hand. So if you're ready to take off the facade, woman up to your imperfections, and invite our Father in every part of your beautiful mess, girlfriend, you're in the right place. All right, guys, this week on the Keeping It Center podcast, we are so, so excited and fortunate to have Miss Jill of Teacher Be Still. Um, yes. We uh, met our past cross kind of on, on Instagram, and uh, I am an educator. I, I used to be in the classroom, and now I'm not in the classroom, but I just... I love what you guys are doing, you and Miss Jamie, and I thought you all would be very awesome to have on the podcast this season, so welcome. Thank you. We're glad to be here. <laughs> all right. So um, I know you had said, Miss Jamie, she had some things going on this week, but um, I know you are going to be able to tell us um, a lot, and so we're excited. Now, tell us who you are exactly, Miss Jill, and what your role is in the Teacher Be Still um, brand that you guys have. So, my name is Jill Miller, and I am a mom to four. We're a blended family, a crazy blended family. I'm a teacher in public school. I teach fourth grade dual language. And um, I'm just a Jesus-loving girl, first and foremost. And um, I founded Teacher Be Still um, just over a year ago. And it was really a God nudge, a big God nudge, that I had actually been ignoring for several years and really kind of lost my way in writing and things like that and just really prayed a big prayer for God to speak to me and guide me, and and he very clearly said, you've lost your way because you're not doing what I asked you to do. I asked you to write for teachers, and you're trying to write for women, so I need you to do what I asked you to do, (laughs) and I was like, oh, okay, so uh, right then and there, I actually bought the URL to Teacher Be Still, featured all the social media handles to Teacher Be Still, and ever since then, God has just moved very quickly um, and very uh, intentionally over the last year so it's it's really just him and I'm taking steps of obedience (laughs) and Jamie doing me along the way because she's the best partner to have because she's just always motivated and also a teacher in high school and um we joined forces and it's been crazy ever since wow so man there's a lot there I I knew that the, your your brand was fairly new. I didn't realize it had only been in existence for a year, though. That's awesome. Yeah, it is crazy. We had um, not expected things to turn out like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how God is, though. <laughs> he surpasses really, it, our it expectations. Really yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, he uh, he has an agenda, and it's not mine. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, how did you 
um, how did Jamie come on board if it's something that you started? Did you guys know each other before? I know you teach at different grade levels. Okay. How'd that happen? Yeah, we, um, we were actually introduced by a friend from church that invited us to be a part of a small group together. Mm -hmm. And we met in that small group years ago, probably four years ago. And we had always wanted to do something. God planted a vision on both of our hearts, and it was identical. And we revealed it during a small group session, and we were just shocked. And so we knew that we needed to join forces for something. We just didn't know what. So we started going down different paths. We had a women's ministry called Simply. We did all kinds of other things. And I just kept feeling this educator pull because um, we both teach in, in public education, but I actually came from private and homeschooling background, background, and I just saw a need in all areas of education where teachers were just worn out. And um, so I started to feel this pull, and I started to talk to Jamie more about it. And um, February of this year is when God planted the dream of having a conference on my heart, and he just, it was kind of emphatic. So I said, hey, let's let's do a conference. And Jamie was like, okay. So uh, we put it out there in April and we sold out to 400 educators in three days. So we decided that this was definitely (laughs) a step in the right direction. And we had no clue. We'd never put on a conference before. And um, we did it July of this last year and it was huge success. So we've just continued to take little steps and grown since then together and it's been a wild ride. Man, that is definitely a wild ride. Um, Isn't it crazy? I, know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Except saying yes to the Lord and it just keeps working out. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I find fascinating about this is that I don't know about you, but I'm like a really big planner. And I think it's a double-edged sword because it's great to plan, but at the same time, you've got to be able to allow God to have control. And, um, man, that, that's just, I don't know if I could have even imagined in that short of a time frame saying, Hey, I'm going to do a conference and then bam, it sells out like in three days. That's like, wow. (laughs) It is crazy. I know. Well, that's the balance of Jamie and I, Jamie is a planner Mm -hmm. and I'm a little wild. (laughs) (laughs) I put the wild ideas out there and she very fearfully takes steps (laughs) and she keeps us on track with reality. So we're a very good one. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that's great. You know, God really does know what he's doing. You know, he he even puts relationships in place where, you know, they're not going to, um, you know, you guys aren't like on top of each other. Like you, you both have your role. No. You're able to work well together and, and listen to him and keep him first. That's just amazing how God just works all that out. Yes, it really is. He he is a creative genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, like I told you before, I've, been in education for a while. This is year uh, 11 for me. Um, I did eight years in the classroom at the high school level French. Um, And then I, yes, I miss it so, so much. Um, But I, I, yes, but I do enjoy what I do now. I'm a, I'm a school counselor now. Um, and I'm at a virtual public charter school. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Never 
saw myself in this role at all, but you know, it's definitely a God thing. I know that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is very cool. Yeah. Now I didn't realize you had all that educational experience. Um, tell us what it's like yeah. to educate students in, in those different uh, roles, if you don't mind. In the public versus private mm-hmm. the school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started teaching in private school, and it was a private school model, university model school. And so we did three days of in-school and two days of homeschool. And um, I absolutely loved it. I loved the environment. I, I have really great staff and admin at that school. So I learned a lot, and I grew a lot in the learned and just teaching and really how to put students first. Um, before curriculum. That was the biggest takeaway I think I got from that school was really just finding the Jesus heart connection to each kid. Mm -hmm. And um, because of financial reasons, I had to go back to public school. Mm -hmm. And I wound up in public school and I was very bitter. I did not want to teach public school. I didn't (laughs) want to deal with the politics and testing and the large classes and I didn't want my kids there. I mean, I was so mad about Mm -hmm. it. And the Lord said, okay, well, that's great, but I need you to get over it and and be here. I need you in this place. (laughs) And so I did. And I said, well, I'm just going to host a devotional in my group, in my classroom then. So I held a devotional every Wednesday before school in my classroom. And teachers, it was all for teachers. And um, I learned a lot about why teachers get so stressed out in the public school arena versus private. Mm -hmm. And so much of it has to do because they can't always make time for that student connection because there's just so much on their plate in mm-hmm. the curriculum department. So that was a big eye-opener for me, and it's still something that I have to hurdle over. This is my fifth year in public school, and I find that to be the biggest challenge is that I want to have more time to make those personal connections with each student, but there's so many things to get done that are not in that realm. Mm-hmm. So finding that balance is very challenging, and I'm sure you know that after yeah. teaching. <laughs> especially in high school, because the needs of those high school kids are vast. So it is, um, it's a challenge that you find in all areas of teaching when you have the ratios that we have as teachers. But um, I think it's always a goal of an educator is that you want, you want to reach kids and reach their hearts. And um, it's just so rewarding when you actually do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what I find fascinating about that is at that point you hadn't even – thought about the teacher be still brand but you were already in a position where god put you to start pouring into teachers one day a week before school and that that was like a a stepping stone like preparation for what you're doing now and i I think that's great really great absolutely yeah i had no idea i was i I wasn't even blogging at the time or writing Mm -hmm. i just was posting these devotionals and when people would miss, they would say, hey, can you email that content out? And I was like, sure. And then a couple of years one day, and my husband and the pastor at our church was like, I think you should start a blog. And I was like, what's a blog? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. And that um, is how my writing even started. And then it was just steps from there, and I lost my way, and he brought me back. So mm-hmm. it's starting to all make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's so great about God is because, you know, there's sometimes we feel like, man, you know, I am, uh, you know, not 
feeling like I know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know where I'm going and I feel like I've messed up, but God always knows how to use what we're going through. Even those things we consider mistakes and using it for our good and bringing us right back where we needed to be. So I think that's great. (laughs) Absolutely. He sure does. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit about how um, becoming an educator changed your relationship with God. I'm not sure what really uh, drew you to the education field, why you chose that from, you know, other things. But why did you choose that field and how has your relationship with God changed since becoming an educator? Well, I did not want to be a teacher. My Mm -hmm. mom was a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. My sister is a teacher. And um, I didn't want to be a teacher. And I'm super creative. I was like theater major for a while. I think I had like six majors in college. (laughs) I was such a free spirit. I was like, I'm going to do it. I know. And (laughs) then... Then I got married and had kids eventually, and I was like, I need some direction. Yeah. I want to be home with my kids, and mm-hmm. I love I loved kids, and I love teaching anybody. It could be kids, it could be women. I just love to teach. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got my alternative certificate and decided to just give it a shot, and I wound up, that's how I wound up in private school. I met some friends that were in private school, and... Um, this was a great stepping stone for me because it was smaller classes and mm-hmm. it really helped me get my feet wet with just the basics of teaching. And mm-hmm. then it evolved into so much more. But, um, once I started, I was like, okay. And my mom's like, I told you, you should have been a teacher. <laughs> and, um, she was right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And that, um, that taught me a lot about obedience in the word and that, he always has our best intentions at heart and he knows us better than anyone else. And, you know, really listening to the godly counsel in your life, because my mom has always been my greatest godly counsel and she knows me better than anybody. So, um, I learned a lot about listening, even if it's not what you want to hear. And, um, that is a step I wish I would have taken years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of us do. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Well, that's great. Um, man, I didn't know that you came from a, a family of, of educators like that. It's it's funny how that works out. Um, I know a lot of ed- educators like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. And my sister is actually the MC for all of our events. Mm-hmm. So, and she is very ADD. She teaches <laughs> special ed. And um, she is amazing and hilarious at the same time. So she brings another level. We kind of have a well-rounded balance on our team at Teacher We Still because we're all educators, um, but we all have a different place in education. Mm-hmm. With Jamie in high school, and Jamie also comes from inner city schools, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of more of her background. And then my sister's got special education, and our praise and worship team is a husband and wife, and she teaches in private school, but came from high school math and public school. So we all have these different uh backgrounds to bring to teachers and so really do understand all the different realms of education so mm-hmm. that's very helpful yeah it definitely is definitely is brings a lot of different perspectives and um yeah you're yes. better able to serve you know educators uh regardless of where they are so that's great absolutely so what has most surprised you um about the education field, especially because it's not something you initially saw yourself doing. What's been the most surprising thing to you about the education field? 
Oh, that's such a tough question. <laughs> There's so many things that surprise me. Um, I, I think I think one thing that surprises me, you know, you hear a lot about teacher pay and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most shocking things to me about education in general, whether it's public or private, um, is that teachers do so much more than they're getting paid for. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that is really surprising because I just don't think people really understand what happens in a classroom mm-hmm. or in the day in the life of a teacher because there's just so many revolving doors. The skill set of a teacher is so vast and it's so far beyond what you're trained to do in school. You know, mm-hmm. I have so many, my partner is actually his third year into teaching and when he graduated and came to teach with me his first year, he was in total shock. He was like, they do not pay you for this. <laughs> it is just so much. And so I think, you know, one thing that happens is that teachers wind up burning out. And, you know, I think five years is the um, average for a first-year teacher now because they just get so worn out. And for the pay, they're having to pick up other jobs, and they just can't do it all. So they wind up jumping into another field and feeling stuck with an education degree, which is which can be challenging, but their skill set is so far beyond their degree. And so I think that has always just shocked me is that teachers are so well-skilled in so many different areas. And um, I just, I love that about, about educators. And it's always just blowing my mind to see all these teachers and what they're able to pull off and what they're <laughs> able to do. It's just amazing. <laughs> so I love that. Awesome. I remember my first year in the classroom and I had a similar experience thinking, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> not like anything I did in my internship or learned in classes. This is a lot more. Um, so it, it does take a while to get your groove in uh, to really get that rhythm and, and feel like you know what you're doing. And then you go through roundabouts of, I think I know what I'm doing. Okay. Now I don't know. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's yes. fun. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. And it is, um, you know, you're in it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody knows what they're doing. And so I, there's a huge camaraderie with teachers, which is very special too. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a sisterhood, brotherhood. And I, I love that piece mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, teaching, teaching has so many different facets. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Blessed Camp. Blessed Camp provides apparel, jewelry, home decor, and planners to help you cultivate the blessed mindset needed in your faith walk. Head on over to their site for all your holiday shopping and grab 15% off every order by using the code CENTERED during checkout. Now, back to the show. Yes, most definitely. Um, Now, there are a lot of people, and I know it was a a big thing um, earlier this year, where so many people are divided on what type of education is the best. And, and, you know, there's a lot of negative chatter about certain types of education. Um, How, how can we as Christians respond to this though? I I know everyone has their own opinion, but how can we as Christians really make sure that we are looking at this through the eyes of God? Um, you know, whether your kid is going to public, charter, private, homeschool, wherever, how can we make sure we're looking at this the right way? Yeah, I think that's a great, great question. They, and I've been asked this a lot since I've seen both sides 
are all the different facets of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the number one thing to remember is is that our children are the Lord's first, mm-hmm. and that whether we put our kids in public, private, homeschool, charter, road school, um, he has their hearts first, and he is the ultimate teacher. So I think that when we can rest on that truth, then it's easier to move forward in whatever realm it works best for our family. Because um, I think a lot of people get uh, protective sometimes of whatever realm they're in. You know, people will go to bat for public school education. People will go to bat for private charter. And then we've got the homeschool mamas that are just amazing, Mm -hmm. you know, and they, they can just, I mean, they just blow my mind. So I think that knowing what's best for your family, number one, and that, what's best for your family might not be best for another family is so important Mm -hmm. and respecting that um excuse me because people i think tend to think that their way is best regardless of other circumstances Mm -hmm. and i've definitely seen kids that thrive in a homeschool environment and that's because the the parent is doing their job and the kid just happens to work well in that environment, whereas I've seen other kids really struggle in the homeschool environment. Mm-hmm. And it really just depends on so many factors of um, what works. But I think as Christians, um, you know, maintaining love first and recognizing that God made us all different and we don't all belong in one area um, is so, so important. And, um, and knowing that he is, he is ultimately going to guide our kids as long as we're training them up in his word, he is going to guide our kids where they need to be um, in all areas of their life. Right, right. It's, and you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, I work at a virtual public charter school. And again, that's something I had never seen myself doing. Definitely not something that was an option when I was a kid. Um, but like yeah. you said, some kids do really, really well in that kind of school Mm -hmm. um and then we have some that don't um so like you said i agree we've got to respect that everyone is different um you know especially those of us that are part of christ we're all different but we're members of the body of christ and that differences are okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. they're vital to the body of christ and i think we should get that sometimes we just we want to so vehemently defend what we're doing for that justification and realizing that, you know what, you are rocking that whole thing and you need to keep doing that because look at your family, look at your children, they're all thriving and, and that's wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. and I've got, I've got so many Christian friends in public school and their kids are thriving and their families are thriving and that's really working for them. So I think it's just understanding the balance and that we all have a place in the body of Christ and that we need to be bloom where we're planted and help others bloom where they're planted Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now I know earlier you were talking a bit about um, some things you wish non-educators knew (laughs) Um, especially as it pertains to why some educators leave the profession Um, what do you think is the number one or the main contributor to why educators are leaving the profession while we're seeing so many shortages yeah i think um i think there's a lot of different things happening i think number one is is the burnout i think the mental health feature is huge Mm -hmm. um i think teachers get very very stressed out um 
with what's on their plate, what is expected of them. And, you know, it's kind of a waterfall effect. I mean, I talk about this a lot, how it comes from the state, which or, or the national government goes down to the state, goes down to the school district, goes down to the principals. You know, it's just, it trickles down and winds up on the lap of a teacher. And it's a lot. And a lot of teachers, teachers are very good at to-do lists, checklists. <laughs> and um, if they're given a task, they want to complete, whether or not it's uh, healthy for them to complete it. And I think that they just, they feel like they have to get it all done. Mm-hmm. And so they take it all on and they, they are physically incapable of getting it all done. And then they're left feeling defeated and like they aren't a great teacher. And that cycle just continues day in, day out. And before you know it, they're just, they're just done. And um, it's so sad because so many great teachers um, are just are ready to hang up the towel and we need those great teachers. Mm-hmm. So there definitely needs to be some change in the education world, but I don't think we'll see that until teachers are brave enough to stand up. And that's very difficult to do because mm-hmm. teachers are lovers. Mm-hmm. They don't want to fight. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, I think burnout is a big, a big thing. Um, I also think, like I said, teachers are very skilled in other areas. And I think sometimes they realize that they can take care of their families in a different area by earning more money. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's a big deal because mm-hmm. our families are our first ministries. So mm-hmm. I do think um, pay is, is another factor, but mostly the mental health. Mm-hmm. So I guess what would your advice be to our educators that are just feeling mentally defeated? They're taken on so much, um, not always by choice. Um, how can we as Christian educators keep our minds <laughs> together and, and to hang in there yeah. for that school year? Well, that is exactly what Teacher Be Still is founded on. We um, believe in encouragement and personal wellness for all of us, and that starts with our relationship with Jesus. So, um, you know, we try to encourage educators and, and really anybody to focus on your relationship with Christ first. And make that your very first mission in your day and not that to do list. Mm-hmm. And if you see somebody struggling, be there for them, giving them godly counsel, praying over them, um, taking time out for each other. I think it's so important. Um, we do a lot with post-it notes, leaving anonymous post-it notes to your coworkers or people just to encourage them and just give them that little piece of, I see you and I know that you're doing your best. And um, you know, a lot of teachers sometimes we get competitive <laughs> and frustrated. We're stuck in a you know in a building for eight hours a day with each other, and that happens naturally. And I think just remembering that we are all on the same team, and we might not agree with how we do things, but we are all exhausted and, and working as best we can, and just making sure to continually encourage one another and and put our our, um, our feelings aside for a minute to really help each other. And then um, the next thing we always focus on is your personal wellness is, you know, drinking enough water, getting on the street, step outside for a little bit, um, getting some exercise is so good for just your overall happiness and positivity, which is very difficult to maintain when you're worn out. So I think um, giving teachers that encouragement of keep Jesus first and then keep yourself next so that you can be a good mom or dad or you can be a good teacher because you're healthy. So I think um, 
we can pick up on students' needs much better when we're ourselves when we ourselves are healthy um, and we're not so worn down and you know just tired of it all. I think we are much more in tune with students when we maintain our health. I definitely agree. Um, it it sounds like a lot of what you're saying is we need to make sure that our priorities are in order, making sure we're keeping God first, keeping our relationship with him uh, at the forefront. And when we can do that, then other things can kind of fall into place We're we're taking care of our bodies. And and by doing that, we're able to, to help others. Um, And I, I, I know as an educator, that can be really, really hard because we do see that large to do list and we're just thinking, so like, hard. yes, yes. And, and we're like, oh, my gosh, I've got to do all this. I've got to take all this on. I've got to. I, 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 mm-hmm. I. And, you know, God is saying he wants us to cast our cares on him. He wants us to to include yeah. him into everything we do, everything. Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we also encourage teachers to get better at saying no. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of teachers they get asked to do stuff and they're like, sure, mm-hmm. they don't want to miss out or they don't want they don't they don't want to look like a um, not a team player or mm-hmm. something like that, um, or like they can't do something. And we really encourage teachers to say no to some things if mm-hmm. it's not benefiting your students and it's not benefiting yourself. Then ask yourself why exactly you're doing it, mm-hmm. and if it's to satisfy you know, some kind of checklist, then maybe it's going to go to the bottom of that checklist and not the top. Mm -hmm. So, and you have to be okay if you don't get that checklist done. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a really big checklist kind of gal. Oh yeah. Me too. Because you're a teacher. (laughs) Yes. I hate seeing if I've not done something by the end of the week. I'm like, oh, no. I know. It's so hard. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. And we beat ourselves up over it. But I just, there are very few checklists I think I actually have completed. Yet <laughs> I'm just so obsessed over it. I just don't feel like I'm going to get it done. It's just craziness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of um, times we, we have to be realistic as well. Um, with what we can and can't do. Um, Because I know personally, I can only speak from experience. I want to be that superwoman that does it all. Um, Because, you know, sometimes you you do get afraid, like, oh, man, you know, is my job going to be on the line? You know, I know that, Mm -hmm. you know, budgets may be tied. And like, will I be the first one if I don't, you know, step up and do X, Y, and Z? And so a lot of that fear... Um, can kind of come to the forefront instead of the faith um, that we should be having in God. Um, so it's, it can be tough. <laughs> that is very true. That's something that a lot of teachers worry with them. And, um, you know, we always say, if you lose your job because you're serving the Lord, he's got another one for you that's mm-hmm. even better. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely that faith factor is huge. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, some of the resources that we can find um, that you have for as Christian educators. I know you mentioned a couple of them already. Yeah, so we're, we're still so new, but we have a lot in the making. So um, on our website, teacherbestill.com, we will be building our, um, our merchandise and just our free downloads and things like that. We have 
a seven-day prayer card free download right now. Um, if you subscribe on our uh, website, then you will automatically be entered into our email list. And we have a 10-day uh, countdown to Christmas for teachers that's going to um, be for the last 10 days of school, so these last two weeks. That starts on Monday, and it's uh, focused on the fruits of the Spirit um, as a teacher. So, um, and how we can demonstrate those uh, fruits of the Spirit as we enter into the Christmas season and really make Jesus um, at the top of our to-do list and kind of let those crazy things fall to the wayside. So that's something um, that's going to be up on our website. And then as we enter 2020, we have, um, we are actually going to be starting a podcast and, um, I know I'm excited. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> um, a, little, a little scared, but um, and then we have a planner coming out and a devotional book coming out. So we have a lot of different things happening uh, happening in 2020. Yeah, that sounds like it. That sounds exciting, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys uh, think you'll have another conference coming up in 2020 as well? Absolutely. So we have, um, we also host nights. We call them Teacher Be Still Nights. Mm-hmm. And they're once, usually about once a month. We are doing one for December or January. We want to be intentional with our time with our families during that time. But we have Teacher Be Still Nights. We just had a holiday one in November. We have another one coming up um, in February. And then in summer of 2020, we will host another big conference. Okay. So we will be launching information about that um, just after the new year. Okay. So tell us a little bit about these teacher be nights, teacher be still nights. What what does that look like and, and how can we know more about that? They are like mini conferences, I guess you could say. They're only two hours long. Um, we do them here. For now, we do them in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but we are hoping to expand. Um, we've had a lot of requests for us to travel to different locations, and we actually do have that in our in our scope, so we have a kind of like a team that travels with us, and we set up like almost like a mini conference. We open and close with praise and worship with our amazing um, husband and wife duo, Jamie and Andy. And um, we have our biggest, one of our biggest things that our um, all of our people love are our giveaways. A lot of people want to give back to teachers. So we have really great giveaways, and it's all about wellness and helping teachers out. So we do a lot of giveaways during um, our Teacher Be Still Nights and in our summer conference. And then we also do messages. Jamie and I each give a message, and it's usually themed. Um, Our holiday one was themed on just slowing down and um, making Jesus a priority. And then our one in February is going to be focused on love and loving yourself. And um, they're just very good opportunities to kind of leave the classroom behind. Nothing we do at Teacher Be Still has to do with the classroom or lesson plans. It is all focused on the teacher as a person. So we leave anything school-related behind. (laughs) (laughs) Which is nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So is this something then that anybody can just go on the website and just say, hey, I'd love for you guys to you know, come do this in my area, that kind of thing. Yeah, it sure is. So we have a form on our website. Um, I think it's on our speaking tab where you can fill it out and request for us to come somewhere and 
we will contact you and work out details. Um, we have definitely gotten so many requests that we realize that we need to kind of go outside of our bubble of Dallas-Fort Worth. And um, we just want to be able to serve educators, you know, in the way the Lord has allowed us to do that and making sure that we're taking intentional steps with him. So that's something we go into prayerfully and um, we don't just go willy-nilly wherever, <laughs> but we like to be very, very prayerful and intentional with him as we take those next steps. Awesome. Awesome. So how can, I know you told us about the teacherbestill.com and your email list. How else can we keep in touch with you and follow along and know about, you know, when things are going to be released for next year? Definitely social media. Um, Instagram and Facebook are the two that we use the most. I always joke about it, but it's so true. We have the hardest time keeping up with our Twitter. We do have a Twitter account. Um, But we really, we we try not to get too busy with our hands since we are still teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's a lot to do. So Instagram and Facebook are definitely the two places to find us at Teacher Be Still on both platforms. Um, and we keep up with those daily. So anytime we have an announcement or a release or we've got an event coming up, um, you can definitely find something about it on our social media. Awesome. All right. Well, I have one last question for you that I ask every guest on the podcast. And that question is, how do you keep God at the center of your life? You are an educator, you're a wife, a mom with four kids, and you're doing this brand with a team. You've got a lot going on. How are you able to yeah. keep God at the center of your life? You know, quite honestly, it's a daily struggle. I, I always tell people that, um, and you hear people in ministry say it, it doesn't come easy when you're when you're stepping out and doing something for the Lord. Um, the enemy will definitely make it very difficult for you. So I struggle with um, my daily attention, but I definitely, I have to fight. I fight to get up in the morning. Um, I do best when I do a devotional in the first thing in the morning. I know some people do it in the afternoon. I have a friend that closes her door at school, and she'll take time at school in the middle of her day to do it. So I personally get up in the morning, and um, usually it's when my house is still very quiet, and mm-hmm. my kids are not running around, <laughs> and my animals are not running around, and I have that quiet time with the Lord, because otherwise I get distracted. Mm-hmm. But um, I really try to make intentional morning time every day with the Lord, and if I have one of those crazy mornings, which do happen, and I cannot get up and do my devotional, I will make intentional time for prayer sometime throughout my day to just give thanks because I find that you can, as a teacher, sometimes you just get in the overwhelmed, woe is me state, and we forget that we still have so much to be thankful for. So I will just pause my day to just sit and give thanks to the Lord. A lot of times it's in my car. (laughs) (laughs) And just spend time with the Lord that's intentional and personal, um, because that relationship with Him is what carries me through everything, every day. So um, I really need that for my heart and just everything I do, my strength. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like you. I, I have to do it in the morning before my family gets up too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't focus any other time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, awesome. Um, Jill, it's just been really, really great chatting with you today. I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know you've got plenty other things to do, uh, but just thanks for sharing oh, with no. us. <laughs> this is such an honor. We are so thankful that you reached out and I just love the partnership and I love what you're doing. I think keeping it centered is absolutely vital and it's a challenge every day. So I love what you're doing and we just really appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for joining us this week on the Keeping It Centered podcast. I pray that you've been blessed by what you've heard this week and that you're able to take what you learned and to implement that into your own faith walk. Let's close out in prayer. God, we just thank you for the wonderful educators that are currently serving across the globe. We know that being an educator is not an easy task, and we're asking that you would help us, God, as parents and just as citizens, even if we don't have kids, help us to be more understanding, God, and compassionate towards educators. We know that there's often a divide um, in the way that we believe education should look like, and we're asking that you would help us to always take a biblical approach, God, to avoid allowing our feelings to overtake us and to just remember your words, God, and your biblical approach and how we should make decisions regarding education for our children and for those in our community and abroad and help us to work together, God, to meet the needs of both our students and educators alike. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been driving along, you can find today's show notes over at www.keepingitcentered.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the Centered Notes, our bi-weekly devotional newsletter. And follow us over at Instagram at Keeping It Centered.